You are listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. And we begin our third and final hour along the network on this hump day, as we usually do, with Seth Everett. He of Sports with Friends Hall of Justice, two terrific podcasts. You can follow Seth on Twix, Twitter slash X at Seth underscore Everett, Seth underscore Everett. If you are watching on Twitch, you see that Seth is joining us once again from his car. All right, we caught him after he just dropped his kids off to school because it's pouring in Jersey right now. So he was being a good dad, and he's on his way to a doctor appointment, so he's fitting us in. We appreciate that. So you're turning 50 in a few days. Yeah. Is That's this a rumor. <laughs> well, no. It's, I mean, you know, hopefully you get to the finish line, but – I mean, that's why you're going to the doctor's office today. But anyway, uh, so is this a BFD or not? You know, like I remember I was not happy with 30. I celebrated 40. 50's kind of a blur. You know, I don't know. Like, Mark, was there a birthday you had a problem with? 26. Yeah, oh, that's right. Closer to 30. That was the only birthday in my life that I ever was depressed on my birthday. At 26, I felt like I hadn't accomplished enough, and I was closer to 30 than 20. The rest of them are just numbers. So, all right, you're turning 50. Is this a big deal, or are you like, shut up? No, it's it's not a a huge deal. I I, I mean, I I guess it beats the alternative. Yes. Uh, I'm not – I I don't get hung up on them. I remember 30 – I had just met my wife and I was excited to have like a birthday party so I could show her off that, that I remember. Oh yeah. 40, my 40th, uh, we had a, a small party, uh, but that was really funny because my wife, uh, got a cake and she had Superman on the cake and it was based on the Henry Cavill costume, not the like classic Superman costume. And as a joke in front of all my friends, I just said, well, that costume was all wrong. And it turns out that my neighbor, this guy who lives like our backyards connect, uh, he's like a, an artist as a hobby. So like a couple of days after my 40th, he shows up at my house with this drawing of Superman in the right costume. And I took a picture of it with my phone and tweeted it. And I was like, wow, how about that? That's really cool. What a great job. And a comic book company hired him. Oh, wow. Isn't that a cool story? That is a cool story. Yeah, I mean, your wife didn't All talk to you. because I for... was a, I was trying to be a wise guy, and I was like, oh, right. that yeah, you were You were a wise ass. Right. Upset right. your wife on your birthday. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, she didn't talk to you for two weeks. Make it happen. Night didn't happen for a month, but that's right. okay. Right. Right. Yeah. That's all right. That's yeah. all right. No problem. <laughs> Seth Everett joining us uh, once again. So uh, we were talking, you know, we're all hockey fans. Uh, our teams yeah. are in the playoffs right now. Your team is out. You're five points out. You got two teams ahead of you. Curious, are you wanting your team to go all in in the next nine days with the NHL trade deadline? I think there's such high turnover rate in the NHL that saving assets doesn't really pay off ever. Um, I think it's worth it to go all in. Um, the Devils have excess of forwards. They could they could easily make a trade. Uh, they need to. And they know it. Um, I think what they want to do is not pull the trigger too quickly. And I, the, the bottom hasn't fallen out in the sense that they're not so far out of it that it's suddenly not worth it. So they're in a, a tough spot. The trade deadline is always really fun in, in hockey. It's awesome. Um, 
it's it's just a fun day and it rejuvenates you as 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 a franchise but uh yeah that's uh that, that that's a big stress in our household well and, and i think unlike you know unlike the nfl where no one tries typically won't trade in divisions and there's not a lot of trades and baseball has some of that hockey doesn't seem to have the same right. unwritten rules of where they will trade if you can find a deal they don't care if it's inside the division they don't care if it's with the rival they will make moves and that's important for your devil, Seth, because a couple of the goaltenders that are out there in the Eastern Conference that are maybe possibly to be acquired, maybe. and that's the guy that you need. Maybe. I, you know, on Sports with Friends this week, I had the the um, pre- and post-game host of the Philadelphia Flyers, which is one of my hated rivals. Uh, we, we did a whole thing on the stadium series. And when we were talking, we talked about the rivalries with just draft picks. You know, if you think about this kid, Nolan Patrick, who was drafted in 2017, that's not a long time ago. And the Devils won the lottery that year. They got Nico Heischer, who's their captain, had a goal and three assists last night. And Nolan Patrick is out of the sport. That's one versus two. And it's just, it, everything is so fleeting that there are no certainties in the sport. Unlike football, for example, unlike baseball, it's very rarely that you have Sam Darnold, who was the number pick in the draft and just completely busted, or Zach Wilson, or anybody that wears a Jets uniform. But there's just the idea that you, in hockey, there's so many unknowns. There's so many things you cannot predict. And if you remember, we talked about it on the podcast, that draft pick, the fan base didn't want to take Nico Heischer. They wanted Nolan Patrick. The guy who's out of the sport. It's it's a fascinating game. Well, I remember Eagles fans didn't want Donovan McNabb. They wanted Ricky That's Williams. Right. And, um, That's right. You know, obviously a good uh, example. worked out better that they took McNabb. I love the fact that you said, the, and I want to make sure I get this straight, that the NHL trade deadline is causing a lot of anxiety in your household. I mean, usually yes. south of Montreal and Toronto, it's tough to hear that <laughs> sentence spoken. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it's become a big uh, talking point. You know, the kids had off from school this week, and we went on a bunch of trips. We went to D.C. last week, and then we went to Ocala uh, to see my other daughter, who was reserve champion in her class at the horse show. Oh, look at you. And, she, um, and while we were there, you know, at a horse show, you spend a lot of time wasting around. Because, well, I thought you were going to say you spend a lot of money. Well, yeah, that too. But the, the idea at the, at the horse show... You know, if there's 20 competitors, each one is maybe on the track, on the course for 10 minutes tops. The rest of it, I don't care. I don't care who's going. I don't watch any of them. So on the Saturday, I watched Arsenal, the Devils, and a Syracuse game on devices. And at one point, the Devils were playing at the same time as Arsenal. And I had my, commandeered my daughter's phone. I said... I'm going to put the Arsenal game. If you want to know what's happening with the Devils, it's going to have to be your phone. And literally, this is how we did. And we spent the entire day talking about not having a goalie. And you you became, I mean, that that's probably the sign of cool dad right there. Double devices watching multiple games. You know, that's multiple not. Multiple sports. That, yeah. yeah, that's not the sports bar. That's the sports bar on your computer, uh, Seth. That's right. We were sitting in the paddock, like where, where, you know, where there were seats. So it's like shaded and there's all these moms and every time and, and dads, there's all these parents, as soon as their kid got on the course, they jump up and start filming. 
And we did that too when my kid was doing it. But my goodness, when every other kid was doing it, I didn't care if it was Snowflake or Tweedledum or any of these horses. I didn't care who these guys were, and I wasn't watching. Are you comfortable in the paddock? <laughs> you like that I use the word, that word? <laughs> well, I use that yes. word on purpose. Well, and also, I, I mean, you know, Seth, listen, you know we love you. We're an acquired taste. You're an acquired taste. Okay, I think it's one of the reasons why the three of us get along. All right. Uh -huh. And just, you know, there's usually a certain decorum in yeah. and around the paddock. And so I was just curious whether or not you're comfortable around the paddock. And then I can get to whether or not they're comfortable with you yeah. was, around the Was paddock. the volume on or we have earbuds? How are we taking no, we these? Had the, we had the AirPods and uh, I had the Arsenal game in my ears and uh, the Devils game was in my daughter's uh, phone. And at one point, Arsenal took a one nothing lead, and I just went, yes! And everybody kind of looked at me like, what are you cheering? Like, it's in the middle of the round. Like, what are, what, what are you doing? And I was just like, oops, sorry, sorry, please forgive me. Seth Everett, Sports with Friends Hall of Justice. We'll get to that in a moment. NHL trade deadline, by the way, a week from Friday. We will talk pucks in 25 minutes. And there will be stress, apparently, in the Everett household for the next yes, nine days. How uh, I'm curious, the, the horse thing. Now, as far as the parents, parent, you know, I've done the soccer, I've done the softball, I've done the gymnastics, and every parent and everything. I would think the horse parents are a little uptight in those events because that's a, you're, you're in Ocala, it's big money horse country there. Yeah, one thing I'm always impressed with is the uh, a variety of people uh, that come from all over. There's people who come internationally. Uh, there's people from Kentucky and there's people from North Carolina and people from Georgia. And it was just everybody. And uh, everybody was real friendly. Um, no, no, no major thing. Uh, it was, it was, it was very nice. Uh, the whole weekend was really, really cool. All right. Sports with friends, Hall of Justice, go. Sports with friends, Jason Martinez, a uh, guy I used to work for at WIP. Now he's the uh, pre- and post-game host for the Philadelphia Flyers. We talked about Keith Jones, our buddy, uh, our mutual friend, who uh, became the president of the Flyers. We talked about the 2018 Canada hockey scandal and why the NHL isn't saying anything about it. Uh, so it's a really interesting conversation on Sports with Friends. Hall of Justice is about Quantum Leap, season two wrapped up, and Sweeney Murdy, uh, my old pal from uh, – they used to cover the Yankees. Now he works for MLB. Uh, he is a big Quantum Leap fan, and he joined me for a Quantum Leap Season 2 reaction. You know six Kentucky Derby champions from Ocala? That's nice. Yeah. A yeah, the equestrian, that's one thing that they are very pro prominent. Yes. Uh, equestrian is not horse racing. <laughs> well, no. But that is horse that's country. That is a big deal. It's a big deal. Like uh, the horse racing, you have to sit on the other side. You're not allowed in the paddock. <laughs> well, then why'd they allow you there? But all right, we'll get to that later. <laughs> all right, safe travels. Have a good doctor visit. I'll have mine a couple hours from now. We can compare notes later today. Sounds good. All right. I'll be there. Set that written. You better not be. Sports with Friends Hall of Justice. Joining us once again, follow him on Twix, Twitter slash X at Seth underscore Everett, Seth underscore Everett. I have to admit, I just there are certain places you and I shouldn't be, and that's that's a top place where I I don't know Seth. Yeah, just the wait paddock. In, yeah, Seth, wait in the car.
Okay. I mean, you really, you don't really care about the 10 minutes on the horse. I mean, you want to watch your games, just stay in the car, stay in the parking lot, even pace the parking lot. All right. I think that'd be cool to do like once. And then I would be like, all right, I don't need I'd, to do this again. I'd love to be all over the inside of the horse track, the paddock and the jockey room. Oh yeah. You're all in. I'm all in. Well, good. I mean, your daughter's not doing enough uh, things. I mean, you know, get her involved in. Uh, oh no, I don't want that. I want the horse racing. I don't want the equestrian <laughs> stuff. I want to be around the paddock before the race. And despite contrary belief, it is not the same thing. <laughs> no, you sit over there. You're allowed over here. Miller and Moulton, are we doing a poll question or not? All right, you guys decide. All right, because if we're going to do it, we're going to do it next. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. 21 minutes past the hour. Thanks so much for being with us on this hump day as we get over it together. Hope your week is going well. Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Dave McCarthy, he talks hockey for a living. NHL Network, Sirius XM, NHL Radio, NHL.com. He will join us coming up in a little more than 15 minutes. We're nine days away from a trade deadline. Hello. I mean, it wasn't quite a Broadway hello. But it, was it was close. It was it was getting there. I mean, it was it one was step close. away. I mean, you know me in a trade deadline. I love a trade deadline. You know, I mean, that would be a Broadway greeting. It it definitely is. Right. So, my wife's into Idol, and apparently there was a woman from Broadway who's performing, and uh, the judges said, you know, it's very impressive, you you don't sound Broadway. And so I, of course, turned right at her and started imitating, you know, Broadway. And she looked right at me and go, yeah, that's why she may win. That won't win. That she may win. Does she get upset when you mock her shows as she watches them? Because uh, that, that right there is pure mocking. No, I thought it was a, a just... Do you think you added to her enjoyment of the show when they the judges said you don't sound Broadway and you started with... I love Broadway. You think that you think her you think experience. that at that point she said, "Boy, I like this show even more." In fact, I like my husband even more right now. Well, it's been a while since she's seen a Broadway play. I just wanted to remind her, you know. See, she loves Birdcage, so she loved Nathan Lane's character. So there's nothing wrong with throwing a little, you know, Nathan Lane her way. That's what you know. I feel like if you lived here, see, my mother. And my wife do the theater together. Mm-hmm. Keeps me out of the theater. Oh, it's beautiful. It's fantastic. Right. Your mom has to live for a long time so that you can keep not going. Well, yeah. long enough so that the daughter's end old enough to replace mom totally. in that. Right. The two of them can go. Exactly. So mom, 20, 25 more years. And then, you know, by then daughter got her own family. Right. She can go. Get away from her kids. Right. But in case there's ever an extra ticket, I now know who I'm calling. Oh, Totally. I'll drive down and everything. We've got a poll question up. We did it. <laughs> the funny thing is, this question in some way, shape, or form was proposed at least two hours ago, maybe two and a half. Well, but you know, one thing leads to another. We just Let's cut to the chase. Up. Mark didn't like it at 10 to 6. Wanted to do better. 
we couldn't do better. I said, let's take the day off from a poll question. He said, no, we have to have it. So how would you best adjust the kickoff is our question. Be- Eliminate the fair catch. And and this is because Stephen Jones of the Cowboys, if you missed us, we've talked about it very early and then with Pat Kerwin last hour, Stephen Jones of the Cowboys, who's on the competition committee, has gone out, talked to about six different special teams people. We just had a Super Bowl without a kickoff. Roger Goodell now wants to bring the kickoff back into the game. He is going to bring it up before the competition committee. Here's four alternatives. Go. Eliminate the fair catch. Interesting. Interesting. So if the kicker can just keep the ball in play, which includes, you know, not through the end zone. Right. It would become more of an art like punting is where you try to pin them. Move the kickoff back to the 30. Right, because they kick off now from the 35. Yeah, I, and move the touch back to the 35. When right now it's the 25. So, you know, now it, the coaches are thrilled if the kicker bombs it through the end zone, let them start at the 25. Uh, do you want them starting at the 35? Especially with field goal kickers today. A lot of kickers, once they get across midfield to about the 40, teams most of the year think I'm in field goal range. You only have to move the ball 25 yards to be in scoring range. David, I'm going to say something, and you may not want to do the show with me again after this. Damn. Because it, it it's it's not how football players are lined up. But moving the kickoff back to the 30 does nothing for me. At all. Okay. And, and because they're kicking it through the damn end zone half the time anyhow. My thought is, is that it would be more difficult 80 you'd have to kick it 80 yards in the air unless you kick it about 76 and the returner is willing to gamble that it's going to hit and bounce through the end zone but okay that's fine it doesn't could do anything you, for no, you no that's no fine. but could you move it back further but keep the have the kicker at the 25 have the rest of the team at the 30 or 35 because i i don't know if they're at the, there's no way they could run down that far kicks would come way out so you're Could you thinking, have the kicker at a different point on the field? So essentially, all the rest of the team would be offside. Yeah, I. I so what and, you're and that's why I just, is, it sounds. It, it looks no, visually no, no, it looks no, no, stupid no. to me. Ah, so kick it from the twenty-five, but the team can line up at the thirty-five, and obviously no one can move until the ball's in the air. Right. And then in theory, I don't know, there'd be a referee who I guess it'd be like, you know, a drag race where, you know, the light in the old days, it used to be somebody with the flags and they'd bring them down and everybody would go. So in theory, like there'd be what? I don't know. Because you might not hear the sound of the foot against the ball. I mean, the players would need a cue of some kind, kind of like, okay, you can go. Be like a drag race. Yeah, a little gimmicky, but I'm fine. I'm fine with that. I'm listen. I'm fine with anything to bring the kickoff back. I really, there's nothing I don't think I, you two could propose. And so our choices were eliminate the fair catch, move the kickoff back five yards, move the touch back up 10, which in theory, you now say to the kicker, don't kick it through the end zone. Right. I think all three would have an effect. I know Mark hates the second option, but I, I, and I, no, I do no, 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 I don't, the, I don't hate this. I, I do not hate the second option. I don't, don't like know it. if it's enough. I don't know if from the 30 yard line, these guys could routinely kick the ball still through the end zone. 
I'm with you on that. I think of the three options, that one would move the needle the least, but it would still at least do something. Because I mean, like I, we I said, might do all three if you want to know the truth. Take your pick. Wow. But like we said at the beginning of the show, what's the statistic? How many percent? Last what? year, only 22% of the kickoffs were returned. And zero in the Super Bowl that we just lost. Zero. Zip, zilch. And remember, we had a lot of field goals. We had a lot of kickoffs in the Super Bowl. A lot. Now, granted, that's an indoor stadium, and the ball you know, really traveled. So it's a little easier in Vegas to kick the ball through the end zone than it is in a lot of other places. But but there's no doubt about it that the kickers now are, you know, much bigger legs than they've ever had. And we don't just mean Robert Newhouse thighs, which dates myself and I don't care. Not Look as it. much as during the break when you were talking about a fax machine, because I don't even know what a fax machine is. We were talking very oh quickly. Oh, my goodness. You oh, know, my goodness. You know what's – Trent, I, I thought that. When he said it, I thought, does Trent have a clue what David's talking about right now? I mean, I know what it is. I could not work a fax machine if you put one in front of me right now. You couldn't work a rotary phone if we put that in front of you, too. I, I could get closer with a rotary I don't think I could work it, but I could get closer with a rotary phone. Fax machine. All the color just left David's face here in the last 30 seconds. <laughs> I mean, it's... He went white? I'm only 24. Uh, I no, know what a I, fax machine is. I mean... Is it okay if I get back in the car and go home? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Are you okay? <laughs> no. No, this is like when my wife tried to pay for something via check at JCPenney like five years ago, and the 17-year-old said, what is that? <laughs> See, I'm not that. I'm not that far. In third grade, we actually learned how to write checks. It was like a whole thing. I could write a check right now. Does he but know? he couldn't fax. I he couldn't could, fax. You, know what, you know what he could not do? Send his letter of intent into a university. <laughs> no, right now. no, no. You do know they have like fax cam, okay? Because that's how you send in your letter of intent via fax, okay? And a lot of these schools have a fax cam. People watch it all day. Ooh, did so and so's letter of intent come in? So I love it. So he was instructed on how to do checks, which he didn't need to do. It was kind of like in our day, Mark. We were taught the metric system. Boy, that came in handy. Let's talk NHL trade deadline next, huh? You're listening to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. 22 minutes before the top of the hour, our last segment along the network, the Diamond District bonus hour awaits for those in the 239 you know we get excited about a trade deadline in any sport. The NHL trade deadline is nine days away. Dave McCarthy covers the league, NHL.com. He hosts the Sunday brunch on SiriusXM's NHL radio. He also, well, covers the Leafs in the league for NHL.com. He's kind enough to join us. Follow Dave on Twix, Twitter slash X at Dave A. McCarthy. Dave A. McCarthy. Dave, it's David and Mark. Thanks for waking up for this. How are you? Oh, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. Well, it is our pleasure. Well, two-thirds of the show are Wings fans, and apparently last night you caught the bug, didn't you? Well, I'll tell you what. I was a little reluctant to buy in on the Detroit Red Wings. I thought coming into the year there were three teams in the Atlantic Division that I thought had a chance to take a step forward, Ottawa, Buffalo, and Detroit, and 
quite frankly, I had Detroit ranked last among those three teams. But look, if I'm wrong, I'll apologize. And I think I've I've appeared to be wrong on this one. Um, I was concerned they didn't have enough elite talent. I thought they just had too many just middling players signed to to inflated contracts. Um, but it turns out that you know, what they've done in Detroit is they brought in just a lot of good players. So they they don't have, I'm not wrong on this. They don't have elite talent the way Edmonton does with Connor McDavid or the way you know Toronto does with Matthews or Marner or even the way you know, Florida does with with Matty Gachuk at times. But they've got a lot of very good players and they're playing as a team. Derek Lalonde has the group really buying into a system. Um, and they're having success because of it. So um, I think now 59 games into the year, I'm ready to buy the Red Wings because I do not think they're going anywhere. And if I'm Steve Eiserman, I'm I'm looking to upgrade in advance of the deadline. Not sell the farm or anything like that for rentals because I don't think they're ready to win a cup yet. But I think the group has earned um, a little bit of help that might come at a reasonable price. Uh, they've been really impressive this year. What about Tampa? What do they need to do at the deadline? Can they do anything at the deadline? Because they're obviously, uh, the, you know, Vasilevsky still might be the best goaltender in the world. You've got a Hedman. You've got a Kucherov. You've got a Stamkos. There are a lot of great pieces on this team, but the back end is a little, the depth has left over the years when you have that much success. What can Tampa do at the deadline? Yeah, I, well, it's interesting because I think you got to be careful. I think some years you have to look at your group and say, can we win the Stanley Cup? Not can we make playoffs, but can we win the Stanley Cup? And and I don't think they can right now. Um, it, it's it's difficult though, because as you mentioned, you, you just listed off the the core, the spine of their team, and it's tough to look those guys in the eye and not give them, you know, every every possible piece of help that you can if you're Julian Brisebois. But I just I don't see them. Um, as the same group um, like they were a few years ago when they were winning Stanley Cups. Their spine is good, but that's really all they have. They don't have that depth. They don't have that third line like they did of, you know, Coleman, Goudreau, and um, and Yanni Gord that were so influential. Their their back end is, is really lean, right? Like after Victor Hedman um, and Eric Chernak, Mikhail Sergeyev is hurt. I don't know if, when he's coming back. Still expect to be a long time. I mean, that's not a blue line you're winning a Stanley Cup with. Even if you go out and get um, some depth to add to it, it's still not good enough in my mind. So, you know, some years I think you just have to sort of ride with the group that you have um, and, and try to recoup some assets um, with with you know draft picks and, and not really blowing the future. Um, I shouldn't say recoup, but retain. Um, and I think this might be the year to do it for Tampa Bay. I, I don't think they're beating Florida in the East. Um, I don't think they're beating the Rangers. I don't think they're beating Carolina the way Toronto's played lately. I picked Toronto ahead of uh, Tampa Bay. And then you know, that's just the East. We're not even talking about the West that I think is a deeper conference. So 
I'd, I'd be I'd be conservative if I was Julian Breesbois this year. Isn't it such a dangerous time, though, for a general manager? Because Dave, and we're talking the NHL with Dave McCarthy, who covers the league based out of Toronto, NHL.com, all right, uh, breakfast brunch on Sundays on SiriusXM's NHL radio, does a terrific job. Follow him on Twix at Dave A. McCarthy. You know, the Kings won it as an eight seed. The Panthers got to the finals last year by squeaking in by a point. You know, we've seen what a goalie can do. We've seen yeah. what eight seeds can do. And I mean, when you have a Vasilevsky, when you have a headman who, if healthy, can play 30 minutes, Stamkos and Point with Kucherov will find a way to score at least two goals a night. It's tough to just go, ah, we can't win this year, right? It is. You're, you're not wrong. But look, I mean, I think this year in the league, the uh, there's not as much parity as we've seen in recent years. I think there's some top teams, and then I think there's some teams that are just going to find a way to squeak into the playoffs but are not really true legitimate contenders. You look at Florida, you use them as an example, and a good one, but look at that roster. I mean, their D was was deep. Like, you know, they had Montour and Ekblad as their one one two and each guy was on the ice for you know close to half the game. The guy in Radko Gudis who was just you know just absolutely feared out there and, and, and did a really good job just playing hard, right? Defending. Um you know, up and down their lineup they they had they had depth. I think what Florida's issue was last year was they didn't really figure out what type of team they were and how they had to play until like really the very last second when it was that game in Toronto and the March last year where Florida was down. And that was the game that Paul Maurice, as he said, shared his feelings with the group during the second <laughs> period. Didn't, didn't curse, but he shared. And, and they, they came back, won that game. And, and I, I said, you know, about Florida, what, what we saw last year was not a, a mirage like, say Montreal get in the cup final in 2021 it took them 76 games to figure out what type of team they were uh but they figured it out in the nick of time and they've committed to continuing to play like that right from game one of the regular season this year um and now we're seeing the results so um i i, I get why you're using this example but i don't think they're, they were a true eighth seed last year. They certainly didn't come into the year expecting to be an eighth seed. They came into the year expecting to be the team they are this year. Um, you know, unlike Tampa, where I think really logically you got to look at it and say, yeah, we've got some good players, but you can't win a Stanley Cup with a line and a half, one defenseman and a goalie. Might make the playoffs can't win a cup. I think that's what you have to look at if you're Tampa Bay. Well, the Panthers think they can win a cup, and I don't know if they have to make a move to do so. Is there something, Dave, that you think they need to do to put them over the top? Because obviously they're right there with Boston. Uh, they they beat them a year ago, but you can always make your team better, can't you? You can, and I agree with you. I think Florida can win a Stanley Cup this year. Uh, they're Right now, they're the top team in the Eastern Conference, as far as I'm concerned. Just everything about their team is 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 playoffs, right? They've got four lines that can contribute. They've got 
quality players uh, that can lead the way in, in Barkov and Kachuk and, and guys like that up front. Um, their their blue line is deep, and they've got Sergey Bobrovsky who's playing as, as good as any goalie in the league. Um, you can always make your team better for sure, but I think there are also times when you can do a little bit too much to a group that already has found something. I'd argue last year the Rangers uh, were a quality team. I think they overdid it at the deadline, bringing in Tarasenko, bringing in um, Kane, uh, Patrick Kane, right? Um, and sure, they're good players, but they take up oxygen, right? Guys like that, you, know, you defer to them a little bit. Um, all of a sudden, you move somebody else down the lineup. Now you've got to reestablish the role that you're in and, there's just not a lot of time left in the year, and you can run out of time. I think that's that's what happened. Toronto, to an extent, too. They brought in six players at the deadline last year. Now, they ended up beating Tampa Bay, but they weren't much of a, a challenge to the Panthers. And you know, I think there was an element of, of overdoing it. So Boston, same thing, right? They were pretty active at the deadline last year, uh, despite the fact that they never lost, <laughs> basically, during the regular season. And we saw what happened against against your team. So, look, if if I'm Bill Zito, I'm looking for for a depth D man, you know, like a, a four, five, six type of guy. Um, you know, maybe a, a middle six forward, but but nothing that's going to cost an arm and a leg. And, and quite honestly, not a household name, just a, a solid quality player that can come in, um, take on some minutes be reliable, um, and add a little depth to the length of the lineup. But I, I honestly wouldn't go big game hunting if I'm Florida because I, I look at the team that you have right now and, you know, like whether you go out and you pay a big price and you bring in a, you know, a Chris Tanev, who's maybe arguably the, the, the top D-man available right now, um, or, or bring in a, you know, a, a bigger name forward. That's all well and good, but ultimately the guys that you have right now are going to be the guys that drag you to a cup. The the Barkovs, the the Kachucks, the Montours, the Ekblads. And if those guys play to the to the level of their capabilities, I think that team is good enough to win a cup right now. So uh, that's how I'd approach it. Conservative, if there's a you know, minor tweak to add some depth, I'd do it, but I wouldn't go big game hunting. I think Florida's a good enough team as they are right now. And you talk to a lot of general managers, they say, I like to build my team in the off season. Tweak if you can at the deadline, um, but but don't try to sort of retrofit your team with, with shiny new objects. I, oftentimes, if you look back at the, uh, the chronology of Stanley Cup champions over the last number of years, the, the the moves that they've made have been the types of moves that I'm talking about for Florida. Those those depth guys, you know, just a, a solid player that can come in and play a role. But you know, it's not the the household name that everybody's clamoring over that comes in makes a difference and suddenly you point to that guy and say, well, that's the reason why we won the Stanley Cup. No, if if you win a cup, it's because of the team that you've already built in the off season. He's Dave McCarthy, NHL.com, NHL Network, Sirius XM's NHL Radio. Follow him on Twix, Twitter, slash X at Dave A. McCarthy. Dave A. McCarthy. Dave, thanks for making time for us. We appreciate it. Safe travels, and hopefully we can talk again before the playoffs. Absolutely. Great being on with you, boys. Thanks.
Dave McCarthy. And he called us boys. It's a hockey interview, David. Right. I know. I know. Good being on with you, boys. He's a Canadian. Right. Okay. What do you want? He called us boys. I'm just saying. I he's going to himself. He's going to get up. He's going to grab a Tim Hortons. And he's going to move on with his day. For as much as I was horrified 20 minutes ago from Trent not knowing what a fax machine was, that's how happy inside I am right there with Dave calling us boys. Hockey terminology is the best. Hockey slang, if you will. But I, he's he's right about the Panthers. I mean, I I know they could move up. You know, the the guy that I've seen possibly that they move is their, uh, and he's in the A, the goaltender that they were high on night. Right, who, uh, you know, had some troubles off the ice last year, and now they seem as if they've kind of replaced him with a younger goalie, and obviously they have Bob, who's under contract for 13 more years. So, right, they could maybe move him. But, you know, and who are you getting, though? You're getting an extra defenseman? Like the Capitals, who used to make big deals at the deadline. The year they won the Cup, you know what they went out and did? They got a third-line left defenseman. That was the only move they made at the deadline. The guy played huge minutes for him in the playoffs. A move like that is what Dave's referring to. He's probably so happy that he went through a whole interview and did not have to talk about the Leafs. Yes. I, I We did that on purpose. He covers the Leafs. I think right. the last thing he wants to do is talk about the Leafs. Besides, what more is there to say? It's kind of like talking about the Cowboys. Well, we'll see you in the playoffs. You know, they got to win some games. I was going to say, the last thing we want to do is talk about the Leafs. Fans are everywhere, though. and But they don't, but their fans are the same way. They don't yeah, even care yeah, until yeah. they get to the postseason. Right. And right now they're uh, they're in third. Barely. And uh, they'd, uh, they'd play Boston. But right now it'd be Florida and Tampa Bay in the first round with all the pressure on the Panthers. Oh, that'd be great. And Toronto and Boston. I know. I know. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's Fine. shaping up, and it's getting hot, and in nine days, we got the deadline. Only going to get hotter. And be my Rangers against your guys' wings, too. That would be great. be the first round. It wouldn't be good for the Rangers. All right. <laughs> It'd be great just for saying. the show. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, yeah. Yeah, just like Rangers Devils was great for the show last year. It's only great for the show if the Rangers win. Uh, you know, for, for where I'm looking at it. Depends what chair you're sitting in. Exactly. David. Along the network, we thank you so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow morning at six in the two three nine. The Diamond District Bonus Hour is next.